Penis, yeah. penis, sand, penis, 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 yeah. Welcome yeah. to the show, everybody. Hey. Ah! Oh, God. Shit. Welcome back to Explaining to Austin, the only podcast guarantees a $10 rebate at the end of the year. Hey, um, welcome back to Explaining to Austin, the only podcast. Yep. No more. We got rid of them. All those competition ones, we took them out. They're fucking dying in a ditch right now. Austin, how are you? Dude, you know, I'm fucking chilling. I'm doing pretty good because I called the Subaru dealership earlier today and they've got my part finally so I can go tomorrow and hopefully have my car running by Thursday. Pretty uninitiated. Austin spent a lot of money on a car that doesn't fucking work. Well, it works really well. It's just leaking power steering fluid, so I had to buy some seals and rebuild the power steering rack. But y'all don't want to hear about that. Hopefully, it'll be working now, though, right? That's what she's really. Oh, oh yeah, no, it'll it'll work for like the engine never stopped working. You know, it was dry. It's been on the whole. It's been on the whole time. Yeah, I've been letting it run. I just keep adding gas to it, pouring (laughs) it right in the top. I've been going for about a week straight. Yeah, I've gone through a lot of gas. A lot of gas, no doubt. (laughs) All gas, no brakes. Austin, my boy, hey. I gotta tell you, I'm a, I'm kind of drunk right now. Oh yeah, that's funny because I'm a little tipsy as well. I drank, um, you know, the viewers, the list. Well, they're not viewing nothing because it's they're a, viewing this dick. It's a sound. Cheers. This is a sound uh, product, not a view pro, a, a visual product. But the listeners might not know this, but I'm a, I'm quite a lightweight, quite yes, new to the are. drinking game. And tonight, over the course of about only about forty minutes or so, maybe less even, I drank a um, one of those uh, Mike's Harder lemonade. Oh, it's like yeah. Mike's Hard, but it's eight percent. Like, it's like Mike's Hard, but it's on Viagra. Well, it's it's eight percent alcohol uh, by volume, and it's I had one of the pint cans, and I drank that in about forty minutes. Nice. So for well, that me, was actually that's pretty slow. Well, but for me, though, I'm not used to that much at that time. And I might start the second can I have during the show. So I'm... Well, you know... I feel fairly loose, so to speak. Good. Well, you know, I think loose people makes for a loose podcast, which is good. lips sink shit and chips. A bird in the hand is worth a sinking ship. And fish, fish and chips. Loose lips, fish and chips. Do you know what they say? Chicken, chicken whips, Nick. Uh, fish Whoa, and chips. what were you about to say? Nick. I, I heard, oh, Nick. Oh, I heard something else. That's what you wanted to hear. I didn't know that was, it was that kind of podcast. 
it's your it's your podcast. Well, it has both of our names. Your name's <laughs> in the title, actually. That's true. So, well, um, you're. I'm glad you're well. I'm had a shit day. I'm in a bad mood, so I'm been drinking. That's healthy. As they say, <laughs> nothing like a drink on a bad day. I don't know. Should I air my dirty laundry on podcast? Is this a podcast about laundry now? No, but I mean... Because I'll talk about my favorite detergent. I, I kind of want to, but I mean, I guess it. I can. I'll just be... I won't say, like, the name specifically. All right. So, the other day, I've been... You know, so, like, I've been looking for a job, right? Yeah, yeah. And because some of the places I applied being real slow, and I need work. Uh, so... I found an application the other day. I live right around the corner from a library, um, a branch of a library, a, a, a county library. And so the other day, I just happened to think, oh, maybe they're hiring. I looked online, and lo and behold, they were hiring a part-time, uh, like, circulatory assistant who helps with, you know, organization. With and, making circles. No. Not that kind of circulatory. Okay. Uh, they help with the organization and run the desk and help people and stuff. All that. All the library. They basically do library stuff. Sure. And that's the kind of stuff I like, so I was happy about that. And I applied, and on the application page, the second thing after, you know, location of job, the second thing was, like, job type, and it said temp. So I was thinking, you know, I kind of need a job right now just for the next foreseeable several months, you know, into the summer, next three or four months. And then after that, I'll see, you know, what I want to do. Um, so, uh, you know, the fact that it said it was temporary was looked great to me. So I applied for this and everything, and I ended up having to do a phone call today. But it turns out the phone call today was just like the like hiring website being like okay so you want us to send your application to the library so that was kind of stupid and pointless it's all this like it's all this like you know intermediary like websites you have to apply through and all that Mm -hmm. type of thing you can't just go i literally walked into the library because i didn't know where to apply because the first website i found with the listing didn't have an application link or anything so i literally went to the library yesterday and just said you know i heard you i saw online you were hiring and then they made me they were like oh you have to go on this website so i did all that I went on the website and did it all through that. And then, you know, I get an email today finally after they've sent my stuff. Um, and it's like, oh, for this position, I saw you just graduated. Are you only really looking for a summer position or are you more long term? Because we're, you know, we were hoping more it would be someone long term, like through at least the end, you know, a year or so. Uh, for the foreseeable future. And I was like, yeah, I'm really only looking through, you know, probably summer, potentially the end of the year at the latest. And they were like, well, we can't really hire you then because we're looking for someone more long-term. And I pointed out to them, I was like, all right, well, I highly recommend you change how it's listed on the job website because it says temp job. They said, oh, in bold, it says, we're looking for someone looking for a permanent position. But like, why would they call it a temp job then? I, they said, oh, well, some of the jobs on there say temp to hire, and we didn't want to put that, so we just put temp. But that still doesn't make sense because that's not what a temp job is if you're looking for someone long-term. Not to mention, this is a part-time clerk, like, you know, library assistant job that pays right. eight twenty-eight an hour. 
Like who, who it's in their exactly a career? Yeah. Who in their right mind is going to be like, yeah, I can commit a year or more to a part-time job for 22 hours a week that pays eight twenty-eight an hour. Like, like who the hell are you looking for? You fucking prudes. Yeah. That's kind of insane actually. Like good luck hiring someone at this point. If those are your fucking criteria, I regret not lying and saying, oh, yeah, sure, I'm going to be here forever, and I can totally work. And then, you yeah, know, just five months down the line being like, adios, assholes. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm quite fucking pissed about all this because, you know, this is a, uh, just another event in a long line of post-graduation trying to find a job. And it's not like I'm, like, out of the gate being like, hey, someone hire me to be the lead writer on a TV show. I literally just want, like, a part-time temporary job sitting at a desk answering phones and doing paperwork. And I literally can't even fucking find that because all of these people have such, like, complicated processes that you never hear back or take forever to hear back from or they're like way too specific like this where they want someone who's going to dedicate the rest of their life to getting paid eight dollars an hour and it's like you know it's like what's the point of even going to college if the only job i can find right now is freaking like manual labor at like a at like a hardware store yeah right like you're not gonna like i'm not asking for much i just want like some job that like you know is slightly befitting of the kind of work i want to do yeah you want something like even remotely close to your college and that's not ridiculous to ask for yeah it's just frustrating and it's like all of this effort like filling out all the applications and sending in all the stuff that's all on your time and in your energy like the the hiring businesses they don't they don't do shit they don't put in any effort or any of this you do all of this work then they leave you hanging waiting forever to hear back or they do stuff like this today where you get fucked in the ass because you're not willing to commit a year plus of your time and it's just so frustrating it's like you do all this work and effort trying to get a job while they just sit back and, you know, waste your time. Yeah, some bullshit right there. Ain't worth it. So, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm in a frustrated mood. But a foul mood, you will. A foul mood. Call me a fucking pigeon, cause I'm in a foul mood. <laughs> anyway, though, um, uh, I I wrote down some bits here. That I wanted to get to before we got into the episode proper. Okay. Um, these are just random bits I thought of, uh, or jokes. The first one is, um, Bill Burr is like a cartoon of a Boston Irish person came to life. Yeah, what I love is that he's just like that. He's like, hey, get the fuck out of here. Did you ever see oh. his, uh, the, when he hosted SNL, he did... Uh, like Sam Adams commercial. Yeah, I think I saw that. That shit kills me every time. Like SNL really hit that one pretty good. I felt like. Yeah, he's just like I'm fucking from Boston. Look at me, I'm just a little, little Irish leprechaun man. Yeah, yeah I, love him. I think he's very entertaining. Honestly, and he's got a black wife. You know that? No, I did not. Good for him. He's like, hey, I got a black wife. Is that what he says? Yep. Cool. Um, next bit. Uh, to play on words. It's uh. <laughs> it's um. Is it a Shakespeare play? No, it's a play on words, like a pun. Oh, okay. It's I've heard um. Of it. Herbie's hands are cocks. 
And it's, so it's Herbie Hancock. Yeah, no, I got that. But his hands, his all instead of fingers, they're penises. So he's like it. he's like trying to play the piano or the keyboard. It's really hard for him. It hurts. He's trying to play. Um, what's that song? Chameleon. Chameleon. Yeah, chameleon. And he's like, but it's penises pressing the keys. And he's getting hard in the process. And he's like, pay no, easier to play. pay no attention to my erect fingers, penis fingers. And is, and everyone is like, whoa, are those fucking cocks on his hands? Whoa, are those fucking penises on his fingers? His hands are cocks. I get it now. Herbie's hands are cocks. Well, what if it was Herbie the the Beetle from them those movies? The, but his hands were cocks. He didn't have car. hands because he was a car. But it's a car with hands that are cocks. What if his wheels on the car were just giant penis like in a they make flapping circle and a, a, a circular dick? Yeah. Um, That's what they're doing. That was good. Thank you. My third bit is something I've already spoken with you about at length recently on a, on a car ride. It's um, how I've never seen a Roman Polanski movie because I, uh, I don't particularly have interest in watching films made by a, ba- a child baby rapist. Um, so I've, I'd never seen the film Chinatown with Jack Nicholson. Um, so I like to imagine... <laughs> Like, I know it's like a noir mystery, but at the same time, as a joke, I like to imagine that the whole movie is just like two hours of, of Jack Nicholson doing racist Chinese uh, I impression. I love that concept a lot. Um, but it's like, or like, he shows up on set the first day of filming, and Roman Polanski is like, hey, Jack Nicholson. I don't know how he sounded. I'm just going to do like a vaguely European accent. I, I just finished fucking that child. Ah, 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 ah. He's like the count from Sesame Street, because that's how all European people sound. Um, he's like, Jack, welcome to the set. Have you read the script? And uh, Jack Nicholson's like, no, I haven't, but I did see that it was called Chinatown, so I made sure to work on my funny Asian voice. No, Jack, that is, it's not. It's not a racist movie. It's a crime, and it takes a play in it. Uh, it takes place in Europe, and Jack's like, "Oh wait, so you're saying?" But but I brought these goofy glasses and this rice farming hat, and I have these big fake buck teeth, and I was gonna do like a Mickey Rooney at breakfast in Tiffany's, playing an Asian, a white man playing <laughs> an Asian man. One of, I was gonna do one of those. And he's really into the idea. Jack Nicholson just loves playing racist, doing racist caricatures. It's well known. I said to you also, the key to doing a Jack Nicholson impression is to sound like a scary person who's trying to not, who's trying to sound nice. So it's like, <laughs> hey there, nice to meet ya. Really That's just nice. What it sounds like. Um, I love it. Um, so those are my. Um, those are my bits. Um, um, those those were my bits I wrote down. What did you did you like them? Those are good. Yeah, I like those a lot. What is this? But I don't remember. <laughs> oh yeah, it was that one. And That's then a good one. what about this one? Is that from Saw or something? No, that's okay. real. Good. That's the dying, dying screams of a man. Those are the orgasm sound. 
I like this. I like, uh, welcome to season two of Explaining to Austin. Season two, baby! I don't know what season it is. We have a movie today. Oh, that's right. Explaining, yeah, uh, that's our catchphrase. Explaining to Austin. We have a movie today. You want me to tell them what it is? Well, I'm going to, we'll, we'll cut to the break right now. All right, now we're back. Let's get into it. And we're back. I've been having a lot of thoughts recently on the format of this show, and we'll get to that part later. But for now, it's still going to sound like it has been because we got a movie. And Austin, I told you what it is. It's called Kickboxer. Kickboxer. Austin, what do you know? What do you think? What do you want to know? Okay. Um, did it come out in the 80s? That's correct. Yes, that 89. Okay, okay. All right, I'm all I'm on a roll. Um, do they actually just kick boxes? Like is it about you like fighting UPS drivers? Um No. It's kickboxing. Well, okay, okay. It's a sport. Okay, I'll check that one off. All right, how many punches happen in this movie? Quite a lot. Any boat smashums? No boat smashums. Okay. Mostly just normal fighting. Who's in it? Jean Claude Van Damme. <gasps> oh. A bit of the old JCVD, which is also my favorite uh, format of home video. I thought JCVD was like those bracelets that people wore. They, they say J- JCVD. Jesus yeah. could very do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, J- Jesus is car very driving uh jesus christ vagina dam jesus's cock very delicious um is the wilhelm scream involved in this movie i don't remember it okay what do you got what are you eating what is that it's a jar of thumbtack should i take a swig it's loud i thought you were eating fucking popcorn kernels no 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 good i like the way this show is going now yeah that's good uh-huh. there's a lot happening keep going i'm just waiting for you honestly Oh, I don't have any more. That was it? I had some, some pretty quick questions this time, you know? All right. Um, yeah, it is uh, it is Kickboxer is the film today. Um, kickboxer. Um, what did I say? Ni- um, 1989 film. I think so. Starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. You know about him. Right. I've heard of him. You he just split between some Volvo trucks. Well, that was a couple years ago now. I'm getting... I've walked over. I'm carrying my laptop and microphone, and I'm at the fridge. So I'm getting the other mics hard out of it. 
That's smart. I'm wearing a very small hat at the moment. What? A I'm hat? wearing a very small hat at the moment over my headphones. Uh, what kind of hat? A uh, shitty fedora that I found when going through my old stuff. Oh, from cool. When I was like 14. Nice. Um, yeah. So, okay. Where was I? John Claude Van Damme. Right. It stars and is a vehicle, so to speak, for Jean Claude Van Damme. Of course, um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, famous uh, 80s, 90s action star uh, from Belgium, very athletic, very skilled uh, athlete, uh, flexible, fighting, many thing, um, good star. Um, yeah, this is very much like a thing, a movie, you know, kind of for him to star in. Nice. To show off his skills. Um, apparently, according to the internet, um, this movie has six sequels with a seventh planned. Oh? I did not, I didn't even know there was one. But apparently there's six. I know apparently three through four do not have Jean-Claude Van Damme. I think five does. And I don't know about the rest. But basically, he's not in them, and if he is, it's like a cameo, I think. So they made a whole series, and John claude Van Damme's only in the first one, even though he's the main character in the first movie. So, well, you know, I'm sure the others are just as good, just quieter, oh, because uh, he's, he's sure, tried tra- sure. traditionally very loud. Uh, it's just a lot less of European accents Yeah. in the sequels. Um, so maybe we'll have to get around to some of those eventually. This film also stars playing... A brother to Jean-Claude Van Damme in the film, a man named Dennis Alexio, who apparently was, he's not an actor formally, he is former, he's a former heavyweight kickboxing champion, undisputed. Uh, Did you know heavyweight just means more than 200 pounds? Yeah, so he is a former kickboxing champion, and he stars in this film as the brother to Jean-Claude Van Damme's uh, character. Jean-Claude Van Brother. Well, yes, sort of. Um, next in the film, man named man named Dennis Chan, and he's in a lot of martial arts movies. Jean Claude Dennis Chan. Don Claude Dennis Chan, and he's in a lot of martial arts movies, but none you've ever heard of, none I've ever heard of. Um, this film directed by two random nobodies. Who it's pretty sad when the most prestigious film or most prestigious and widely known film you directed was Kickboxer starring Jean Claude Van Damme. Uh, this is by far, at least from what I saw, maybe probably the best. This is the peak of their career. Fuck yeah! So, you know, it, it only... was also the peak of my career. Fun fact. Really? Yeah, I starred in this movie. Apparently, um, the uh, character playing the main bad guy in this film. He's supposed to be Thai, uh, you know, like a Thai person from Thailand. Right. However, the guy playing the role that they got because he is a really good athlete and martial artist, he's from Morocco. So they used makeup to look him, make him look more Asian. Good. Yeah. Uh, I thought he kind of looked strange the whole movie, and then I found out afterwards that it was a guy, Moroccan guy in Asian makeup. <laughs> Much like Jack Nicholson in Chinatown. 
<laughs> Jack Nicholson, famous Moroccan man. Yeah, exactly. Um, majority of this, despite, you know, it takes place in Thailand. And, of course, there's plenty of uh, establishing shots and main shots where they're in Thailand to really show off the country. But all of the stuff that's, like, not, like, obviously in Thailand, like all of the, like, main locations they shoot were all shot in Hong Kong for budget reasons. Um, okay. So yeah, so a lot of them are like studio back sets, back lot sets, um, which is interesting. And back to the guy who plays the villain, uh, Mikel Quissy. Apparently, him and Jean Claude Van Damme have been friends since childhood. Uh, they were both in the kind of uh, international martial artists in Europe scene. Of course, Jean Claude Van Damme from Belgium and this guy from Morocco. Apparently, they're longtime friends since childhood. So that's fun and adds another element to the whole. I do you know, like that. Them being rivals in this movie. Um, that's fun that they're actually buddies behind the scenes. So, not a lot on this movie. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, but those are the facts that I did find. Um, I found this film on Amazon Prime last night. I had no clue what to do for this week's episode, and, um, you know, I just saw that. I saw Kickboxer, and I said, that looks like a fun time. Hold on just a second. Oh, God, my finger. Oh? Hold on. Just one second. Oh, one second. Okay. Yep, sure. Give me a second. Oh, okay. What about, so, now? There we go. Okay. Mm. Lemonade. All right. Where was I? Lemonade. I found that the Beyonce album. Or? No, it's the drink. Uh, okay. Mike's harder lemonade. And it's got oh yeah, I guess the difference is that doesn't cost you forty dollars. Eight percent alcohol by volume. Warning: contains alcohol. Warning: contains alcohol. Warning: contains my penis. What if you just open the can of this and it's just like a like a penis in formaldehyde, like a severed penis? I don't like it. Um. Anyway. Oh, you hear that? Do you hear that? I heard that. It's like an Asian. It's like Asian music. Um. Anyway. As I was saying. Um. I've been grappling a lot recently with the format of the show and whether or not to change it. Honestly, you know, I, I had a brief thought of I wouldn't even bring a new a new show or movie to talk about this week. I was just going to riff it fully. Um, oh. But I saw Kickboxer, and I said, all right, I'll watch Kickboxer, but I'll only take a note when it's something that I actually feel like is worth bringing up. Because I feel like the format of this show, and we talked about this last time, after the recording stopped but i felt like the show the middle part where i'm just explaining the pot that ends up most of the time taking up the most time that's the most boring part of the show because it's just me reading off my own plot summary that i wrote down while watching a movie um but it doesn't have any of us riffing or making jokes uh or interesting observations it's just a plot summary you know, if people wanted that, they can always just go on Wikipedia. So I thought, or IMDb. 
So I thought this week I'll take notes, but only on specific things I see that catch my eye. And then when we get into this next segment where I would normally explain what happens in the plot, I'm more just going to kind of um, talk about specific uh, elements that I really liked. Um, not even necessarily in chronological order that they happen in the movie. I'm just going to kind of go through, tell you why I liked the movie, uh, things from the movie that I stood out to me, um, scenes, funny scenes that I liked, that kind of thing. Yeah. How does that sound? I like that idea a lot. I'm going to give that a quick one-two rattle. Good. Um, and what does our audience say? They'll figure right. it out. Uh, high praise from the audience. Anyway... Anything more you thought of or want to know about this film? Oh, I forgot. I want to bring this up. This is a great time to bring this up. Glad I remembered. This Thank film, you. you got a connection to this film that you don't even realize, buddy. Mm-hmm. If you had to guess what it is, based on what I've said, could you make one? I guess. Uh, is it involved with Muay Thai? That's it. Yeah. So, being about kickboxing, this film... I'll give you the brief, I'll give you the, like, tag, not the tagline, but the, uh, the, you know, the log line. It's basically this, uh, when, when, and when the American kickboxing champion is paralyzed, uh, is paralyzed when he tries to fight the Thailand kickboxing champion. Yeah, that'll happen. The brother of the American champion, uh, seeks to learn Muay Thai to fight and get his revenge against the Thai fighter and his corrupt uh, bosses. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's kind of what happens when American kickboxers try to fight Muay Thai fighters. So, um, yeah, so you got a connection to this film because uh, you did a you did a couple months or a year of, uh, of yeah, about a year Muay of Muay Thai fighting. Yeah, it's um, a good time. And it's like a bitch, but it's fun. Yeah, so I. Th- that's a little bit of a connection to you. Ooh, I'm basically um, John Claude Van Damme. I've you're been basically, told that. yeah. Many have said it. I've said it. Um, and then also, not Muay Thai, but I have a background of martial art as well. Yes, you do. Um, so, you know, both of us were not unfamiliar with uh, the subject matter of the film, and I thought that was interesting. Um, interesting point right i'll say yeah um so any question anything further any questions um no i'm pretty satisfied with the answers i've been given that's good i'm glad you're satisfied so i'm glad so glad
without further ado, um, let's get into Kickboxer, Austin. Let me tell you why I liked it. As I said in a minute ago, this ain't going to be just a plot summary. I'll talk about That's the okay. plot. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of talk about what happens. But I'll tell you, I only have about a page and a quarter of notes this time. A page and a third. Um, hey, that's a good amount. One page and then a third. Um, so a lot less than normal in the past that I've done. And trust me, I enjoyed watching it a lot more, not having to sit there and vigorously take notes. Um, so I'll explain now why I like this movie. First off, I want to point out, as I said, this film stars Jean-Claude Van Damme, and he plays the brother of um, the character played by the aforementioned Dennis Alexio, who's the former heavyweight kickboxing champion. Of course. And now, Austin, me saying that, does that, uh, does that put up any red flags for you? Hmm. So, Jean-Claude Van Damme... And this, this... I think he might be Latino to some degree... But he's American for the most part. Dennis Alexio. And they're brothers? And they play their brothers in the film. Okay. That's the only red flag. Well, why would that be a red flag to you? I mean, I, mean, I guess they could be a, one of them could be adopted, so it's not that much of a red flag. Well, I will say that uh, this they look nothing alike whatsoever. Sure. In fact, Dennis Alexio looks Mexican. And he has no accent, of course, which John claude Van Damme, very strong European-Belgium accent. Might as well be Christoph Waltz, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so, that's a big red flag. They explain it, it towards the beginning of the film. Uh, they have a line where Eric, played by Dennis Alexio, tells Kurt, that's John claude Van Damme's character, he's like, I wish when Mom and Dad split up, uh, I got to go to Europe with you and Mom. Because I had to stay here with Dad, and he was such a hard ass. He beat me if I didn't win, you know, every fight, you know, I ever had. Um, and John Claude Van Damme's like, "Well, I wish you were too. Growing up in Europe with Mom was great." Um, so they explain that away with a little. Uh, so they really just like they throw one sentence in there, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah this like, is why." He grew up in Europe, and the other guy didn't because their that parents makes sense. were divorced. Um, I want to point out. Of course, Jean-Claude Van Damme, like I said, he has an accent. And boy, he's trying his best in the movie, but uh, he, he comes off quite... His, his accent's quite funny at times, <laughs> and I like that. Um, as well as uh, this Mr. Dennis Alexio, as I said, former kickboxer, not necessarily an actor. He's got some good uh, trying-his-hardest-delivered lines as well. One towards the beginning, I uh, wrote down him and him and Kurt John Claude Van Damme's character are sparring, and he goes, "You don't win fights with that tip tap shit." <laughs> I've always said you can't win a fight with that tip tap shit. Yeah, um, so I really like those elements. Those are fun. Uh, in general, with the plot of the film, I really—it's very much your like uh, standard kind of sports action movie. Um, okay okay it's pretty it's pretty it, it, if you the plot you think this movie has is exactly what it is it's a let me there's a training montage isn't there oh plenty plenty yes lots of training 
Good, good. Is there, like, motivational music while that's happening? There are multiple, like, needle drops of songs I've never heard of uh, oh, that are, like, you know, Everybody Loves a Winner, uh, Never Surrender, you know, all these kind of, like, you know, lyrics about winning and fighting and etc. I love that. Um, along with this, you know, these tropes of it being exactly what you think, you know, it's very much in the spirit of a rocky... Or a um, yeah, a karate. Rocky, but they use feet. Well, yeah, Rocky, but also feet in there, um, not just punching. And uh, you know your karate kids, um, etc. Uh, with that, I will say, of course, there is the bad guy in this film, the Thai boxer. Of course, I mentioned though, played by a Moroccan man. Um, his <laughs> name, this Thai kickboxer, name of uh, Tong Po. He is, uh, he's just the most, like, evil, like, monstrous-looking bad guy ever. Like, he's, like, uh, <laughs> shaved head, except for, like, the top knot, which he has in, like, a long, like, braid. Uh, oh, I need to up my top knot game. He's got, like, uh, you know, like, a, a partial, like, shoulder chest tattoo. His face is all scarred up. Uh, he's, like, super buff. Um, the scene we have that intros him is while they're preparing for the fight, um, Kurt, Jean-Claude Van Damme has gone out to get ice for his brother to prepare for the fight, um, to ice him down. And he stumbles across Tong Po, like, preparing for the fight. And he's literally kicking the, like, concrete, like, post in the, in the, in the locker room like that holds up the ceiling he's kicking like doing like roundhouse kicks on the uh concrete post and causing uh plaster to like fall down from the ceiling you know what like that's insane but that's not that far off from like how real tie fighters like train yeah like these motherfuckers will like literally kick trees until their shins bleed to like make them stronger. Yeah, well, it's funny you bring up the kicking tree. That'll come back actually. Ooh, baby, yeah, that's some realistic shit. Like watching, like when I was taking Muay Thai, like I would watch videos of like actual Thai fighters and stuff, and like how they would train, and it was insane. Like those guys are terrifying. Thai fighter, like Star Wars. Yeah, I don't know how else to phrase it, but all I think of is Star Wars the whole time. Um. Anyway, and this dude, the bad guy. He, in the fight against Eric, the brother, he takes hits like he's the goddamn Terminator. Like, he takes punches to the face without even moving or, like, oh, being affected by them. This dude is, like, the like a fucking robot. Of course, uh, he beats the shit out of the brother, Eric. Uh, and Jean-Claude Van Damme even throws in the towel because Eric is so fucked up. Uh, this guy, Tong Po, the villain, kicks the towel out of the ring and then delivers as Eric is, like, trying to rise from the mat on all fours in immense pain. Uh, Tong Po delivers a fucking, like, uh, elbow strike down on Eric's back as he's trying to get up. Um, uh, like, causing Eric to just, like, collapse and pass out on the floor. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, like like you know charges into the ring and is like what the fuck you asshole this guy comes up and kicks john claude van damme who's not even the fighter he's like the trainer he fucking kicks him out of the ring uh oh, shit. he grabs eric's uh championship kickboxer belt from the united states like rips the leather in half of the oh belt my God. and then 
the like shadowy crime boss who runs the uh, fighting place from the rafters like uh, motions the paramedics to like or like the ring assistants to like take Eric out on a stretcher. They literally take him outside as Jean Claude Van Damme follows and just leave him on the side of the street outside the arena um, and then lock the gate behind them. They don't even call an ambulance. They just fucking leave him on the street. They're like, fuck this. We're yeah. just done with you. They're like, fuck you. We're not even calling a hospital. So you're weak. Um, yeah, so, like, the bad guys in this movie are just so evil. Um, as I mentioned, of course, we have the kickboxer, um, Tong Po, who's, like, you know, he's, like, the muscle. But then behind the scenes, we have Freddie Lee, who's, like, the, uh, the, like, crime boss guy who's kind of, like, runs everything. Um, he's kind of the puppet master pulling the strings. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, of course, from there, as I mentioned in the, in the kind of log line, that gives us our, you know, our inciting incident is that uh, Eric, the brother, he's been paralyzed by this fight, uh, specifically from the waist down, and now he can never walk again. Um, and so Jean-Claude Van Damme's character, the brother, swears, you know, he's going to learn Muay Thai and get revenge uh, right. for his brother against Tong Po. Um now I'll br- t- bring up the fact that uh, then we have some great, uh, fantastic supporting characters. Um, first, we have this Jar-Jar guy. Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. Um, oh, shit. I almost knocked over the, the uh, TV tray that everything. I'm going to need on. you to sort it out. I moved my leg and I knocked it. Um, so we've got some great side characters. First off, they meet this guy. Um, kind of while they're at the arena and then he ends up helping by driving them to the hospital after Eric is paralyzed after the fight. Um, but he's this guy, Winston Taylor, who he says he is a former special, uh, forces or retired special forces. Okay. Uh, but, uh, it is hinted at, it's never, like, he says that, like, now he, like, he's basically an arms dealer living in Thailand because, like, he likes living in Thailand because things are cheaper and he can get, like, hookers and booze there for cheap. Uh, and he's basically an arm, he, he implies that, like, he just sells, like, weapons and munitions to anyone who needs them. Uh, and he's like, uh, he hints at like, you know, the shit I saw over here in Nam was so bad. I never wanted to go back to America. So like, it's implied that this dude who's like throughout the f- film is kind of, he's almost like the comedy relief, like side character. He's like a black guy who's always like smoking a cigar. Um, he's very much like if he was a real life person, he absolutely like aided in like the genocide of like like villages of people in vietnam and now like he's like probably fucking like supplying like guns and weapons to like horrible like groups of people trying to like pull off like genocide exterminations in like cambodia like who knows what fucking shit he's involved in but it's probably not good uh the movie doesn't really ever focus on that though but i thought that was interesting that like absolutely if this guy was a real person He'd be into some dark shit. <laughs> That's always just awkward when that happens, you know? Yeah. Um, next we have... So, Jean-Claude Van Damme wants to, you know, learn Muay Thai to get revenge. But all these... It's in a montage. He tries to go to all these different schools and stuff. Gyms where they won't train him. They kind of laugh him off, saying like, Oh, haha, you want to fight Tong Po? That'll never happen. You know, American, dumb American. 
but through his pal Winston, he ends up uh, meeting this kind of, you know, guy, this uh, your stereotypical, archetypical, you know, kind of eccentric, wise master, reclusive master who, uh, you know, doesn't want to train someone but is won over by, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme's spirit and drive. And his charm. And his, and his charm. And the fact that Jean-Claude Van Damme rolled a natural 20 in persuasion. Exactly. Um, this guy, Jean, he's the, uh, he's kind of like the reclusive master. He lives up in the, in the mountains in like a little village, uh, you know, and of course he ends up training Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, and you know, is eccentric and is like, you know, the first thing he does is like, oh, go to the store and get us the food for lunch. I never make a decision on an empty stomach. Uh, you know, he, uh, teaches Jean-Claude Van Damme how, like, uh, if you exhale when you're hit, that, like, helps relieve the pain and let you take hits more. Uh, And he teaches him, you know, breathing and stuff. Specifically, he drops, like, heavy coconuts and shit from, like, a tree onto Jean-Claude Van Damme's chest. So that, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme masters the breathing so that he doesn't fucking, like, get hit and be in pain. Um... He ties meat to Jean-Claude Van Damme's thigh so that he runs faster because his dog chases him because of the meat. Um, you know, he takes him to, like, the temple, ancient temple ruins in Thailand, and they train there. Uh, oh, he Good. uses this thing on Jean-Claude Van Damme where it's, like, each leg is attached to, like, a rope, and then those ropes are, like, attached to a bunch of pulleys and shit. Basically, like, a machine to be able to stretch Jean-Claude Van Damme's legs, like, completely wide apart so that he can work on his flexibility and shit. Um, but all I was thinking Is that about... how he stood between the Volvos? Well, I'm assuming he was already able to do all that, and then it's just acting when he's actually doing that in mm. the movie with this machine. But with this oh, machine... You mean actors are just lying? Exactly. Oh, sorry shit. to. All right, I'm sorry. Are you just now learning that, Austin? Yeah, this is a, a bad time for me, actually. Oh, I'm really sorry, bud. Um, but all I was thinking of when he's using this machine that basically, like, stretches your legs apart was like, damn, you think you ever used that to get pussed, like, to fucking open up a pussy? That's some BDSM shit, and I'm, I want in on Either it. Either that or, like, a fucking Taiwanese gynecologist, like, hooking a woman up to, like, open her up so you can look inside. Taiwanese gynecologist is my favorite Midwest emo band. I love them. They're great. They have that song, uh, Why Won't Anyone Give Me a Little Bit of Pussy? Yeah, exactly. I'm so lonely. I'm so nice. I'm such a nice guy. Why can't I get pussy? I'm such a nice guy. Why can't I get pussy? I open girls for doors. Or I open doors for girls. They should be giving me pussy for that. I deserve to have sex. <laughs> Being nice to women means they owe me sex. Yeah, that's that genre. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he uses that. He has Jean-Claude Van Damme like, uh, put on like weighted like anklets and like go underwater and like train punching underwater. Like oh yeah, because you're slower in there. And then, as you mentioned uh, a minute ago, uh, he has Jean-Claude Van Damme kick a uh, a palm tree down. He and he's like, he even gets mad at him. He's like, "It's a winter palm tree. Come on, you know, stop being such a bitch about it." And Jean-Claude Van Damme basically like wants to give up, and then the 
Master Gian's like, remember your brother. And Jean-Claude Van Damme kind of goes into like full on rage mode and he like kicks the tree down and then he like collapses on the ground and his like leg is bleeding and shit, but he did it. Yeah, you'll have that. Um, the best part though is kind of after all this training, he, uh, he has Jean-Claude Van Damme, they go to like the village bar and they drink a bunch of alcohol and he gets Jean-Claude Van Damme drunk. And then he's like, I want to see you dance. You know, you know how to do American dancing, disco dancing. And Jean-Claude Van Damme's like, yes, I guess I do. Uh, and he's like, show me then, I want to see. And, you know, so at first I was just thinking like, um, you know, like, oh, is that what that this has been about all along? It's like, you know, elderly Asian man, you know, in a nice, nice fucking cut, like, nice fucking piece of meat cut American Belgian dude comes along and this agent man's thinking like, Oh yeah, I'll say I'll train him in, uh, in Muay Thai. But really all along, I just want that fucking, I want that, that ass is mine. And now he's like, let me see you dance. Yeah. Take it off. Jean-Claude, you know, strip for me. Oh yeah. He's, he's grooming. He's grooming. What I'm saying is, you know, in this moment for a moment, I thought, has this whole movie been about this elderly Asian man grooming a full-grown John claude Van Damme into I think being you need his to work on your trust of adult Asian sex men. slave? Maybe, but I mean, listen. If so, if this guy that's your your martial arts teacher suddenly one day is like, "Hey, let's go out to the bar," fucking gets you drunk, mm, puts on music on the jukebox, and then is like, "I want to see you dance, dance for me." I mean, come on. It's a little sus, you know what I'm saying? It's a little sus. It's a little Among Us sus. Imposter sus. Um, So, but anyway, he does this so that Jean-Claude Van Damme ends up, like, doing dance, and he dances with these women in the bar. All the meanwhile, this bar is, like, filled with all the gangsters, like, Freddie Lee's gangsters that, like, kind of run the village. And he Mm. goes around and, like, tells them that uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme says, like, uh, that they're a bunch of pussies. So they all want to fight Jean-Claude Van Damme. And even though he's, like, fucking wasted, he, like, easily just, like, cuts through these guys like goddamn butter. Uh, to, and then the master, Gian, uses that to go up to Freddie Lee and be like, see, he did that while drunk and barely trying. He fucking knocked out all your men. Uh, you should put together a fight between him and Tong Po. Um but uh, I like where the I like this guy's methods. Yeah, so you know he's very much like the Mr. Miyagi like eccentric training, but it it is hard. He's you know really talented. Um, they never do this, but like they, you know they imply that like oh he used to teach people, but then he decided not to anymore. And I thought they were gonna lead up to being like oh he taught Tong Po, but then Tong Po became like a real like asshole evil guy who will like paralyze people uh-huh. like and like fight dishonorably. And I was thinking like oh they're gonna be like so then Jian was like I'll never teach anyone again because I don't want anyone to like use. I want I, another Tong Po. Yeah, I don't want anyone I teach. I don't want to have the blood they cause on my hands a tong two point po if you will <laughs> that's a good one but uh no they <laughs> never bring that up uh but i thought that would have been a good little added on thing. that would have been really good that would, if they would have let me do a rewrite i would have added that in um but uh let me go back this dance that jean claude van damme does in the bar dude you gotta look this up on youtube it's like it is it's just beautiful he's having so much fun He's like, you know, just fucking grooving his hips, baby. Do they lie? They don't lie. Let me tell you, they do not fucking lie. 
Jean-Claude Van Damme doing this dance is about the closest I've ever felt of being attracted to men. I'll tell you what. In general, I gotta say, dude, Jean-Claude Van Damme is a fucking, like, peak specimen of the human, like, ability. Oh, absolutely. This dude, in this same fight in the bar, he does a fucking jump split kick, knocking out two guys at once. You know what I mean by, like, like a split in the air Uh kicking guys. I mean, this dude, like, he, in the when he's doing the dance, he does the splits, and, like, I swear to God, he, like, twerks while he's in the splits. It's oh, great. I just looked up pictures of him in this movie. Oh, he's great. And he's wearing the Muay Thai shorts. I love those. Yeah, he I wear, have a pair still. He, he, wears the, he wears the little shorts. Um, I still have mine. Uh, dude, he's just fucking... And for my money, in terms of just, like, the sheer, like, athleticism... I'd say Jean-Claude Van Damme, out of all of, like, the 80s, 90s action heroes, he's the most out of all of those actors that in real life I feel like could kick my ass. Oh, for sure. Like, even today, even though he's, like, 60 or whatever, he could probably still kick my ass. Because, like, I mean, no disrespect, because I love fucking movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Stallone and all of them. But, like, they're all just, like, even when they were at their peak, that's all just, like, show muscle. That's all just like well, well, that's all like weight. Schwarzenegger was strong. Well, yeah, like, it's like weightlifting strong, but it's not like fighting. He didn't, know how, he didn't know how to fight. He has no agility and like fighting ability. It's purely right, yeah. just knowing like, how to fight is way different than than yeah, having muscle. It's purely just rote strength. Like okay, if I was fucking pinned under a car, yeah, maybe I'd want Schwarzenegger from the eighties to like fucking lift mm-hmm. a car off of me. But if it's in terms of fighting, I'm going John Claude Van Damme because this dude is like he's lean. He's like nothing but muscle, but it's all just like peak performance, muscle and agility and flexibility. Um, you know, honestly talking about action stars from like the 80s or 90s i still don't think i would want to take a punch from bruce willis i mean but bruce willis has that like like drunk dude in the streets of brooklyn that's gonna fuck you up vibe yeah like like i'm not saying he's like a peak specimen but like he he could deliver some pain he's got he's like angry dad like in the street in a street fight i'm saying yeah um it wouldn't be fun John Claude Van Damme to me seems like on the level of like of like uh, Bruce Lee or a Jackie Chan type. Oh, absolutely, guy. absolutely. Uh, where he's just like, as much as he is an actor, he's also just like an athlete and like his ability. Yeah, I'm um, with you on that. I want to mention in this bar scene, he's wearing this like black tank top thing, but it's like instead of being like a full tank top. Where on the front, the like straps of the tank top would connect to the body, you know, the body part of the tank top. It has like little clips, like it's suspenders. And like, I've never seen whatever this garment is before, but I kind of love it because it's like a tank top that's also overalls. I love that. I need to get a pair. Uh, so maybe look that up sometime because it's pretty beautiful. Um, what else? Uh, of course you have a love interest in this movie that, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme meets, um, in the village. She runs the store and it turns out she's actually the niece of the ma- of the teacher of Jean, of the master. Uh, like and then that. her and Jean-Claude Van Damme kind of, they, they get romantically involved. Um, there is a, uh, a scene where like Jean-Claude Van Damme's trying to prove how like, you know, he's he's doing like a preliminary fight to prove, you know, his skill just against some random other type 
you know, kickboxer. And there is a portion of that fight scene where this Thai kickboxer and Jean-Claude Van Damme, I swear to God, just back and forth trade roundhouse kicks to the ribs for oh, about God. 20 seconds. Just kick to the ribs, kick to the other guy's ribs, kick to ribs, kick to ribs. It's just them going back and forth, kicking each other in the ribs, seemingly not phased at all for about 20 seconds. And it's you were like... You taking a kick to the ribs? It's fucking hardcore and then like john claude van damme wins that fight and the 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 girlfriend and the master start like a chant that like the whole audience in this arena ends up chanting where they're like nuck uh nuck suck cow uh which ends up meaning the white warrior but here i was you know phonetically it kind of sounds like they're saying nut suck off uh like and i thought Mm. they were all chanting they're like let us suck you off like, they really want to just, like, suck off Jean-Claude Van Damme's peen. Uh, they want to get that yeah. nice, healthy essence straight from the fucking source. The adrenochrome. Straight from the... Oh, dude, the fucking... He's an old man now. He's in his, like, 60s or whatever. But you fucking get that adrenochrome out of Jean-Claude Van Damme today, and it'd still be better than <laughs> any, any damn fucking kid you find. Jean-Claude yeah, Van Damme, dude's fucking, no he's doubt... An American hero. He is fucking potent, I am sure. Um... Where was I? Uh, yeah, but like I said, you know, these gangsters and Freddie Lee, the gang boss, kind of control everything behind the scenes. So everyone's really, you know, cautious. They don't want to, like, fucking, they don't want to, like, you know, get on their bad side. But Jean-Claude Van Damme, along with the master, his master and everything, they kind of, you know, put up a fight against them, uh, culminating in this final fight with Tong Po, um, which they end up finding out. Uh, they get a, they get like an official letter there that Freddie Lee, the gangster, he, he they'll let him fight Tong Po, but they'll let Jean-Claude Van Damme fight the bad guy, Tong Po, but only if they fight the quote old way, which I'm assuming this is something you knew, but apparently, I don't know if they made this up for the movie or if this is real, but apparently it's have, you know, I know about wrapping your, wrapping your hands in the hemp rope, right? Mm-hmm. That's like a Muay Thai thing I knew. But then they have them dip their hand, dip the rope in resin, and then dip the resin-soaked rope yep. in broken glass. Like uh, the glass, I don't think is a thing, but the resin or dipping the rope in water was a thing, and it made the ropes hard. Yeah, well, okay, so they do the resin, and then they have them dip them in like a box of broken glass, so that if you get fucking punched, you get like fucking cut up with all this broken glass. Um. So, uh, um, basically, and leading up to the fight, though, they're trying to uh, basically fuck over Jean-Claude Van Damme as much as possible because Freddie Lee has kind of gone to this, like, master warlord, like, over him gangster, like, bad guy and borrowed, like, a million dollars to bet on Tong Po. So they really want to make sure Jean-Claude Van Damme loses. So, first off, Tong Po... Uh, rapes the love interest and it's not shown but like you know they, she's dragged to him and he like rips off her shirt and then it cuts away and then it's later stated that that's what happened that he raped her and then they also uh, attack the brother obviously paralyzed in a wheelchair they attack and kidnap the brother and they try to kill but don't succeed in killing um, Jian the master trainer's dog so they really fucking stack it against Jean-Claude Van Damme. So uh, then we get to this final fight 
they're in this like underground tomb setting that absolutely looks like a like discarded set from Legends of the Hidden Temple. Nice. Uh, <laughs> it's like a ring in the middle of this like ancient basement with statues and shit. Uh, they're getting ready to fight. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is threatened by Freddie Lee. He's like, uh, you want to see your brother alive again, then basically you got to last every round, but let him kick your ass. Don't win, but last every round just to watch so everyone can watch you get your ass kicked for the whole time or else we'll kill your brother. Um, so, you know, it's like, what's he going to do? Is he going to let himself get fucking killed and kicked his ass in the ring? Or is he going to win but risk his brother's life? I just looked it up. Um, about the glass. Yeah. And so there's different styles based on the region of Thailand. Oh, okay. And, um, but none of them involved broken glass. And most of them involved, like, after you wrapped up and before your fight, you would rub your uh, your wrapped wrists and arms among your along your cheeks to show that there were no hidden blades in them. Okay. I mean, I'm not surprised. I know about the rope, the rope thing was accurate, but the broken glass had me kind of thinking, and this might be like some Hollywood bullshit. Um, but anyway, it's entertaining. It raises the stakes, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like an elevator for cows. Exactly. It raises the stake. I got. I get it. Good one. Um, so, like, they get ready for the fight. They're wrapped up. They got the glass. Fucking Tong Po, like, takes the glass, like, you know attached uh you know resin with glass all over it on his hand he fucking licks it like on his tongue and like fucking blood i swear the bad guy in this movie he at this point he hasn't even ever even said a line he's just like this evil (laughs) fucking monstrous like kickboxing like demon basically um so the fight starts jean-claude van damme basically gets his fucking ass kicked but we notice that uh, Master Xian has kind of disappeared, which we then see him try to save Eric. He, like, you know, n- knocks out the guys outside the warehouse. He steals their car keys and, you know, puts a brick on the accelerator so the car crashes through. Then he, ju- you know, kind of catches all the guys off guard and knocks a bunch of them out trying to save the brother Eric. However, he's held at gunpoint and captured. But then out of nowhere, Winston, who this whole time has said, like, no, nah, man, I ain't going against Freddie Lee. That's a death sentence. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, we see, like, all these bad guy henchmen just get fucking blown away. And a fucking grenade is launched into the building. And all of a sudden, we get this great, like, shot of fucking Winston, like, walking into the warehouse, like, backlit, like, in, sh- in a silhouette oh, yeah. with, like, smoke in the background. And he's in, like, fucking, like, full military uniform with a hat. And he's carrying, like, a fucking M16 with a grenade launcher attached to it smoking a cigar he's just gone like full fucking like Like action hero like yes arnold schwarzenegger commando uh he's like you know the master's like there you are winston you're late and he's like hey had to make it interesting on you so they save eric and uh john claude van damme's getting his ass kicked in the ring and all of a sudden you know he hears like you know hey champ kick his ass and he looks up and it's eric and so john van damme like uh you know realizes they say you know they saved him i can fucking win and you know i have nothing stopping me so of course you know john claude van damme's like you know cut and bruised and hurt but he like kicks it into high fucking gear dude um i want to mention at one point even tong po fucking like 
cuts Jean-Claude Van Damme with the glass and blood literally splatters out of the ring onto Freddie Lee, the bad guy, who literally like wipes it off his face and licks it. Like, that's how evil this oh, dude is. Damn, dude. But uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, is like, you know, on his on his back about to get fucked up. Um, and um, the villain Tong Po and his only lines in the entire movie, he's like, you bleed like my Lee. My Lee, good fuck. That's his only line. Is basically saying like, I, I, you're bleeding like your fucking girlfriend who I fucked. Uh, and Jesus. And so you know, then Eric and them arrive and you know signal to Jean Claude Van Damme, and that Jean Claude Van Damme basically like goes into fucking beast mode. He 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 like sees the entire movie. We've been seeing these weird little cutaways of like birds, and it's like also like the spirits and of former warriors who trained at the ruins. And it's like Jean Claude Van Damme. There's this moment in the final fight where he like it's like he harnesses the fucking like spirit of the birds and the warriors, and they like flash before his eyes. Oh my god! And Hell he just yeah. goes fucking like oh fuck yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme just goes sicko mode, uh, and he he beats the shit out of Tong Po, knocks him out of the ring, and then, like, on T- Tong Po tries to stand up a final time up against, like, a stone pillar, and Jean-Claude Van Damme just, like, fucking punches his head so that it goes, like, knocks into the pillar and just, like, knocks him flat out. And then he also, like, while standing there, does, like, a fucking spin kick and knocks out Freddie Lee. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Goes over to his, you know, brother and all his friends, and, then, you know, they're all, like, patting each other on the back, and then it freeze frames and it ends. So, fucking... That's incredible. It, it freeze frames and ends, and then the song that's like "Never Surrender" starts playing, and it's just fucking good shit, dude. That movie sounds incredible. It's got all the shit I like. It's got it's like just a classic, fun, dumb, you know, revenge, you know, train and be the best, you know, fighter you can be type movie. Yeah, just literally work hard like it's a movie that like the song you're the best around could have been playing in the background the whole yeah, time I mean, and it would have worked the songs they have play are basically like you know knockoffs of you're the best around uh so you know oh, so you got good. your bases covered never surrender That was Kickboxer. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it's just a good old uh, classic 
eighties fighting martial arts movie, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I'll, I'll never get tired of those, honestly. Yeah, never. Me neither. Yeah. Huh. You know, I'm sorry. I I just gotta say it. Fucking naming your capital city Bangkok is, that's just fucking funny. It's it's the best shit. Especially given like the, you know what Thailand is like infamous for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the bad stereotypes and shit. Yeah, and then your capital's named Bangkok. Like, come on. <sighs> that's like a. That's like a. I don't. That's like a. Too good to be true. Yeah, honestly, it's just fucking beautiful. It's a good one. So, I I wish. I may. I wish I might. Uh, uh, watch dog. Kickboxer tonight. Okay. Would you watch Kickboxer, Austin? I would absolutely watch Kickboxer. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of mad because I saw Kickboxer and then it made me think of wanting to watch Bloodsport, which come, came out in 88, a year before this. And it's like Jean-Claude Van Damme fighting in like a fighting tournament where like it's like to the death or something, I think. But they okay. didn't have that one on Amazon for free, so uh, I didn't watch it. But maybe I will. I don't know what moral to take from it. I guess just um just do do good do good work work hard do co- it better. Be, be a cool guy. Don't be an ass. Don't be an asshole and uh and and kick some ass. I guess you know. Austin. Austin. Oh no. Do we lose Austin? Austin. Huh? Hello. Did I? Did you hear me? Did you? Do we? I think no, we lost. No, I that, I cut out. Oh okay. I said. Moral of the story, just be a cool guy and don't be a bad asshole and kick some ass. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much how I like to live my life, you know? Don't be an asshole, kick some kick some ass. It's a good rule to live by. It's a good rule. Anyway, that was today's movie. I explained it to Austin. You did. I'm Austin and... Well, we're not ending. I was just saying that. Oh, okay. Just stating what the events that happened. Well, okay, maybe I was too, motherfucker. Um, God, Aust- why are you gonna be so presumptuous? Shut up. Fine. I'm thirsty for water. I drank. I've drank too much booze, Ooh, and I I'm need, drinking water right now. Little I need bitch. water. Um, you're aware. Are you aware of my Seinfeld ability, Austin? Which one? That I can uh, come up with on the spot the dialogue of a of a you know fake Seinfeld scene based off of any given topic. I was not aware of this ability. Yeah. So like, if you name any like word or like topic, I can come up with like a scene as if that topic was like part of an episode of Seinfeld. Okay, should I give you a topic? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, T- give, give me something. The 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 more unlikely it to be a Seinfeld on an episode, the better. Um, losing a lot of money by investing in a lot of Dogecoin. Yeah. Okay. Um. So so, Jerry and Elaine, uh, and Kramer are in a booth. Well, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, hold on. Jerry, Jerry, um, 
Elaine and George are are in a booth at the di- at, at Moe's at the cafe at the diner, and uh, and Jerry's like, "So you lost how much, George? Two hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred thousand dollars, George. Where did you even get that money? I, I may or may not have taken a loan out from my parents. A loan from your parents, George." You're going to be indebted to them for the rest of your life. Well, more like for the rest of theirs at this point for how long it's going to take me to pay back. I can't even... Like, how did you think that was a good investment? It was up at the time. I, I was going up. I thought I was going to hit it big. I mean, I had good sources, Jerry. I had good sources. <laughs> well, obviously they weren't that good because you're... Because sounds like you're in the doghouse. Yeah, more like the doge house. Uh, and then Kramer oh bursts into God. the cafe, smoking a cigar and twirling a cane. And he's like, that's it, guys. I've hit it big, baby. What are you talking about, Kramer? Dogecoin, baby. I sold all that. I sold it all right before the crash. And I'm a wealthy man. Et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> oh, that was good. Yeah. As someone who's never really watched Seinfeld, I liked it. Well... Hopefully listeners have heard Seinfeld and hopefully they think it's good too. So there Doge you go. Dogecoin has been real on the fritz recently, you know. Yeah, I, I know nothing about it. I could, I could not care less about Dogecoin. Yeah, I just bought a bunch when it was really cheap and I just watch it now. Yeah. That's good. That's good that you're not economically crippled by how it goes either way. I think I threw 30 bucks in total. Oh, okay. When it was like three tenths of a penny a share. So it's just entertainment for you. Yeah, now. and now it's up to like thirty-five cents a share. So like, if I pulled it now, I would have like a hundred and twenty dollars. Oh, okay. But I'm just gonna wait and see what happens, you know. Sure, sure. Um. Yeah, the alcohol's wearing off now. I didn't. I've only had like two sips of this other lemonade. I just I couldn't do anymore. I think I would get sick if I did, and I don't want to feel sick. Yeah, well, that happens. Uh, anything else that that you want to bring up on this episode? Um, you ever notice that the name Massachusetts just sounds like massive two shits? No, but I, I'm glad you told. I'm glad you've informed me because now I do see it, and I good can think of nothing else. Thank God. Well, you know what they say about people from Massachusetts. What? Well, they take massive two shits i've wondered that for a while i always just think of the the song massachusetts yeah that's a good one it's the 14th biggest state Uh, well should we quit this podcast should this be the last episode yeah you know no one listens to it well you know we could just um see where the wind takes us see where the wind takes us and the Come bakes us, and the jizz bakes us. We'll just Win- see if we're in the, the mood. The wind next week. takes us, and the jizz bakes us. We get to see if we're in the mood next week. I guess so. If not, thanks for listening to Explained Austin, and this is the last episode. <laughs> uh, this has been Peyton Brock and Austin Bennett, and I'm gonna go hang myself in the closet. Oh. I'm Can gonna I watch. I'm gonna go fucking take a tire bottle of Tylenol.
It'll be like that movie, Cyberbully. Yep. Welcome back to Explain to Austin. You'll have to do an episode. Next week's episode is going to be you uh, talking about my death, my suicide. Yeah, and the audience will be Austin. Don't worry. I've, I've, uh, I've recorded an, ex- an extensive library of uh, soundboard of, of my voice and saying random words. Uh, I like saying just like every conceivable word I, I've had the time to. So when you do an episode, you'll just be able to like type in sentences and then like it'll put together those words. And well, I've actually like run every episode so far through a voice synthesis program. So I've got a deep fake of your voice. Oh, good. Okay. So you'll be good even without me. Right? Yeah, I'll be fine. All right. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. Yeah, baby. Season two, episode one. AKA the last episode. In the bag. Goodbye for Kickboxer. Try to be best, cause you're only a man.